Hi, this is Amy. I'm here today with Dry Diva, Dr. Leslie O'Dell, and special guest, Dr. Susan Resnick from New York. Hi, both of you. How are you? Hello. Doing how are you? <laughs> great. Thanks so much for um, joining us today, um, Susan. It's great to have you. My pleasure. So you are... Um, working in New York City, uh, and you have a strong focus on dry eye disease, correct? Yes, I do. Our practice is actually uh, a contact lens specialty practice. So as everybody knows, wearing contact lenses can make your eyes feel dry. So I have to manage dry eye before I fit the contact lenses and dry eye after I fit the contact lenses and see lots of patients who don't wear contact lenses who also have dry eye. Mm-hmm. And so when you say specialty contact lenses, are you talking more along the lines of um, scleral lenses or even just a patient that might be wearing a um, weekly or month- two-week or m- monthly dis- um, replacement lens that you need to just help better yeah. get better comfort for? So that's a great question because we use the term specialty lenses often to refer to the technology as opposed to just the particular patient. So I define it more on the patient. And these are patients who have previously had problems with whatever lenses they were wearing or being fit. So sometimes I can use a very simple lens to fix what the patient perceives as a very big problem. And then, of course, we do work with medically necessary lenses, which a lot of people associate specialty contact lens practice with, with corneas that are you know, affected by some form of uh, disfiguration or Mm -hmm. distortion. So do patients come into you and say they have dry eye and want to wear contact lenses or they come to you with contact lenses first or how does it work? How would they find you? Yeah, so I see both. I see patients who want to wear lenses who have had dryness with their current lenses or have tried multiple designs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, I see patients who have had no symptoms of dry eye, but once they start wearing lenses, they are symptomatic. And that um, you know, clinically, we have to then figure out w- what it is. Is it an underlying issue that they just weren't aware of? Or is it something about the lens being on their eye that gives them the sensation of dry eye? Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that we've um, been seeing more research come out about is how the contact lenses actually interact with certain lifestyle things. For example, women wearing makeup or women removing makeup. We had... Um, we had talked about a study that came out that was showing how just exposure to the remover and mascara could change the parameters of a contact lens, which really was kind of a push toward maybe a daily wear or maybe recommending for sure that the patient would not have their contacts in while they were applying makeup, if possible, you know, if they could still see themselves well enough and to definitely remove that lens before they remove their, you know, to do a face wash at the end of the day. Do you have any specific tips of the, you know, trade that you offer to your patients when you're dealing with these specialty contact lenses? So, yes. um, And the truth is, is that the recommendations I make are not per se lens specific. So whether you're wearing you know, a a commodity daily disposable lens or a very fancy scleral lens, my recommendations are the same. We always advocate removing the lenses prior to removing the makeup. In terms of um, applying the makeup, I traditionally have asked the patient if they can see well enough with the lens on to put the lens in first. 
Um, it's very common, especially with the longer lashes these days, for that lens to kind of hit the lashes as it goes in. And I will actually see mascara marks on the lenses of people who put the lenses in after. And the other thing is that if they put the makeup on first and then the lens in, it's very hard for them to remove the residue from their fingers after. So I prefer to have my patients, if possible, put their lenses in first. Mm-hmm. It's actually interesting because we were speaking with someone, uh, a contact lens wearer, actually, and she asked us how best to remove eye makeup from a contact lens because, in fact, she wears long wear lenses and she wears makeup on a regular basis. And, and waterproof, right? And she waterproof was, eye yeah. makeup, mm-hmm. exactly. So mm-hmm. when she'd get eye makeup, whether it be an eyeliner or a mascara on her lens, she would use what did she say she used soap and soap water and water yeah because we were horrified. It, because the lens cleaner burned her eyes too much so i'm not right. sure if that meant she was putting the lens cleaner into her eye or what but yeah. then she just opted for soap and water to clean the eye makeup off the contact lens oh boy <laughs> yeah no, a, recipe, a recipe that. for disaster for sure these are some of our casual conversations that amy and i are lucky to have <laughs> at dinners and things like that so and then you have to pretend not to be horrified. That's the harder part. You say, well, that's interesting. What type of soap do you use? I yeah. mean, also, if you think about it, a good question is for your patients who wear contact lenses and have eyelash extensions uh, professionally applied, or if they're even doing it at home, um, because you had mentioned that mascara can get on the edge of a contact lens if they put in the, the lens well, before or after, I'm sure you can get mascara on it either way. But if you have eyelash extensions being professionally applied to your lids, should you be wearing your contact lenses during the procedure? While the extensions are being put on? Uh-huh. Uh, that's a good question. Um, no, I would probably advise not. And, you, you know, once those extensions are on, most people don't wear mascara with those extensions, uh, or some people might put a little bit on. And you would just treat them the same way. You just have to make sure you open your eyes real, real wide when you insert your lens. Um, but no, I wouldn't because some of the lashes, if, they, if, if you've ever had them put on, you know, they use this glue and then they put them on one at a time. It's a very meticulous, methodical procedure. But if they accidentally drop a lash and it goes in the eye, um, you know, I just think it's better to have the, l- the lens off. Imagine if you had a, one of the false eyelash extensions with the glue drop onto the lens during the procedure. Right. <laughs> I mean, you could also argue it the other way. I know. If you're wearing, right. a, daily, if you're wearing a daily disposable lens, it might protect your eyes. It might be like a band-aid. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Just, yeah. And then just, so for a daily disposable or one of the, you know, those, I would say, you know, then, yeah, I, I don't see a problem with it and it might offer protection. But then I would advocate them taking the lenses off after the glue dries, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not supposed to touch those lashes for a while because it takes a while. So you don't want to um, uh, cause any tearing either. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So I would say a couple of hours later, take the lenses off and rest your eyes and put some lenses on maybe a couple of hours later. I, I did have a young girl um, a few years ago. She saved up her money all summer <clears throat> from her job and she was going to a music camp. And she wanted to have her eyelashes done for this music camp. And she spent, you know, all of her, this money, she was working so hard to save on lashes. And she was a contact lens wearer and it did save her because she had her lenses in the whole time during the application of her lashes. She was having tearing and burning symptoms, but the 
Lash Tech was saying, these are, you know, it's okay. This is normal. Um, and then I saw her a few hours after that happened and she had a, um, a, con- a conjunctival reaction, you know, with chemosis and injection. And I think her cornea in that case was protected because of the lens. But I, I agree if you would, if it wasn't a daily wear now, again, getting back to changes in the parameters and maybe that contact isn't going to fit or even give the vision that it optimally to the patient. I'm sure you see a lot of, um, I mean, I see a lot of crazy eyelash extensions and I live in York, which is a small town in Pennsylvania and living in New York, I'm sure you are just seeing a lot of wild things. (laughs) So, you know, interestingly, we aren't, um, we would expect more, you know, I've seen one or two, um, wild things. Um, one in particular, I shouldn't laugh, but, um, it's always, you know, it's Murphy's law. If it's going to happen at a bad time, it's going to happen. So this lovely young woman, a patient of mine, actually, she wasn't even a patient of mine. She came in as a new patient on an emergency on a Saturday morning, and she had just come from the salon, and they had put extensions on her. She had a wedding. It was a family wedding to go to that night, and she had an immediate, like, type 1 allergic reaction. And um, sounds like exactly what your patient described. So, Susan, could you explain a little bit about what that reaction was? So, so it's, it's exactly so a type one immediate reaction is just an immediate release of histamine. So mm-hmm. for anybody who has seasonal allergies and or let's say like myself, I have rose fever. So if you are so kind as to bring me a bouquet of roses, I will start <laughs> sneezing and watering and tearing automatically. <laughs> and then I found out years and years ago when my kids were young. I also have a severe reaction to guinea pigs because I I decided I would get them a disposable pet and I bought them some guinea pigs and they went and I love animals, love, love animals. And I'm playing with this guinea pig and I must have inadvertently touched my eyes and oh boy. um, So your eyes swelled up and became all red. So red and it looked like, so chemosis for people who don't know what that is, it's when the clear membrane over the conjunctiva starts to blow up because fluid builds up under it and you, you basically your eyeball looks like a beach ball yep. um, and you get all red and teary so this is what happened to this young lady apparently it was related to the glue so we um, immediately put in an antihistamine and we had then prescribed some steroid drops as well and um, obviously removed the lashes so she was not a happy camper but we got her looking pretty good um, before the wedding luckily it was about 11 in the morning and the wedding wasn't starting till that seven that night. So I kind of worked on her all day long and I got oh her looking normal. Yeah. So not only did we treat it medically with antihistamines and anti-inflammatories, but I also used some what are called vasoconstrictors, which people might know um, over the counter as Visine and NAFCON A. And while we never advocate using those on a consistent basis, it is a perfect remedy for a situation like I just described. Now, so most people will have an allergy right away if they if they use a have a procedure like that. Well, I have guess if they're that, truly but... allergic. So she was mm-hmm. truly allergic to something in the glue. The glue. Yeah. Exactly. So then yeah. you will have an immediate. Is there reaction. a way to test that, for example, before you go out to have an eyelash extension? Is there a way to test the glue? And... Yeah, you have to go to an allergist and mm-hmm. have ah. testing. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, over the last few years. I have had several patients have to go to allergists to be tested because they were having these reactions that we could not figure out at all. And, and I will admit to you that I wrongly stated to them there's no way they could be allergic to the contact lens itself. And I will tell you I was wrong. 
Huh. Uh, you, you can be allergic to a contact lens. It's very, very rare. Um, and just the material that it was made yeah, out of? They, or... were allergic, they were allergic to some of the silicone polymers that are in the newer lenses. Wow. And, oh, the, wow. and an allergist helped you there. Sometimes I struggle. Like my allergist um, is testing a lot of the environmental allergies, but they don't do a lot of preservatives. And I've had to use a dermatology office near me um, to get some of that done like whether it's a nickel allergy or right. certain chemicals that are in common pr- products like soaps and face wash. Um. Right. You are right. I might've misspoken. No. Um, a, a couple of these went to dermatologists, okay. a couple went to allergists. So yeah. Kind of um, using yeah. both. Yeah, yeah, they are. But yeah. that was something I didn't know. And, you know, actually I think the lady somehow had a dermatologist. I wasn't thinking I should go the route of dermatology. I was still thinking allergy. And then, um, a patient maybe came back to me and said that they had all of these preservative panel done at the dermatologist. And I thought, oh, well, I need to reach out to that, you know, dermatologist and get a little bit more information. So when, you know, especially like that patient that has chronic eczema around their lid and you're eliminating all of their beauty products um, and it's still maintaining, um, sometimes I look to see if they have fake, um, not even fake fingernails, but their nails um, painted or manicured when they have that chronic eczema. But uh, in this one particular lady, she truly had a nickel allergy that we found, um, which made her wearing her glasses a little bit more difficult, but we figured out a way to calm things down once we knew that. Yeah. Nickel is a, is a very common, uh, reactive agent. Yeah. But it's a great opportunity for all of you to work more closely with the dermatologist as well, especially considering the aesthetic procedures and treatments that so many people are are seeking these days. And it's like, to your point, you may not always know that you could have had a reaction to a contact lens, perhaps even a colored contact lens, because people use them every day and think, oh, everything is fine, but you may have a a reaction. Um, So it's good to open up the discussion amongst colleagues. Now, did you say that, how did that was that patient you described with the lash extensions, was that a family friend or how did they know to call you? Uh, so good question. How do my patients find me? Usually word of mouth. It's a referral based practice. It's a, uh, so she had a relative um, who, who had, who was a patient mm-hmm. of ours. It wasn't my relative, but more and more um, our patients are coming um, from Google. Okay. <laughs> from the website. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. They Google some keywords and they find us that way. Well, that's awesome. I mean, thankfully, she ended up in your office where you could make her look presentable for the wedding later that same day versus, you know, in a different place where they might not have been able to treat her um, to get her looking so good for that event. I'm sure that was. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And also it was a Saturday. So, you know, I might I might have been the only game in town. Well, good. Well, that worked out for her. So she's glad she has you. And now she's probably um, a patient for life. She is. Yes, she is. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. We really appreciate your time, Susan. My pleasure. Yeah, it was super great to catch up and um, stay busy. And, um, you know, if you have any other tips to share in the future, let us know. We're always interested to learn about contacts and how that pertains to our makeup wearing patients. I shall.